Okay, my computer just totally froze up. Well, good afternoon. It is January 25th, 2023. Welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast, your go-to source for all things related to living, working, and playing on the East Side. It is, uh, um, we're live on Facebook and YouTube. Feel free to comment and share. Uh, subscribe if you're not a subscriber already. Um, if you are listening to a recorded version, uh, don't call in. Well, we don't have call-ins anyway, so there's that. Um, but please do uh, rate our podcast. You can find us anywhere podcasts are casted. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, we're in all those places. Would love your feedback. Share it with your friends if you find this information useful. Uh, we're going to, of course, be visiting with our good friend Tucker Maxwell of Guild Mortgage. And we're also bringing on Sue Mayorado with the Eastside Real Estate Team. And we're going to talk about our new system of selling homes, getting top dollar in a quick uh, turnaround. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we talk about that, we're going to jump into our Real Talk segment. But actually, it looks like based on the topic, I'm going to bring in our good friend, Tucker Maxwell with Guild Mortgage, if this works properly. There, Tucker. Hello. Hello, Dan. All right. I think I, I don't know. I might be having some computer resource problems, uh, but if there is a little delay, please forgive us. Hopefully the content will be worth it. So the Real Talk segment, I decided to bring this into our uh, mortgage moment because it is about the pre-approval and what you need to know in 2023. So let's first, Tucker, let's talk about this between pre-approval and pre-qualified. Can you share with our listeners and watchers the difference? Yeah. So starting with a pre-qualification, Dan, that is basically just a conversation. I ask you, where do you work? Roughly how much do you make? Do you have liabilities such as car payments, credit cards? And based on that conversation, it's a rough guideline as to what you could potentially qualify for. Um, but that's really the extent of it. It's just a rough kind of outlook on your potentials. Yeah, I would say that a pre, uh, pre-qualification is probably about as good as the calculator that you do the pre-qualification, right? So, you know, there are all these um, um, apps, right? The, the Keller Williams app, you can download it and you can kind of look based on your income and say, yeah, I think I can afford that, right? Um, typically, when you uh, do that pre-qualification, what are the, what's the general ratio that you're starting with? And I'm not talking about pre-approval, I'm just talking about pre-qualification. Yeah. So what I use is, you know, roughly most loan uh, types allow us to use half of their income on their liabilities. So I'm getting a feel for roughly how much do they make, how much is going out the door on car payments and other liabilities. And then what's ever left over, potentially they could qualify for 50% of what's ever left over on the new housing payment. Gotcha. So half, half of what they earn is allowable for liabilities. That includes car payment. That includes uh, college um, uh, loan payments, right? For student loans, yeah, we'll use, uh, it depends on the loan type, but typically 1% of the balance on conventional loans or half a percent of the student loan balance on an FHA loan. Okay. So now let's talk about the pre-approval process. How does it work? Yep. So it first starts off with an application. We're going to ask who you are, where you live, where you work. We're going to actually collect the data necessary to complete a full loan application. Um, so we're looking for two years of residence history, two years of employment history. We're going to want to know social security numbers, date of birth. Do you have dependents? All of that data. 
We're also going to ask declarations. So we're going to ask, are you party to a lawsuit? Do you pay child support? We're going to dive in deeper in that application. From there, we're going to collect supporting documentation that supports the answers. So gone are the days where we do stated income loans. So we need the documentation that supports the answer. So for most people, that includes two pay stubs, two W-2s, two tax returns, and two bank statements. So I have to say two of everything. And we use that information to actually go through the underwriting process. Gotcha. So it's it's basically the validation of what you told you in the process, correct? Exactly. All right. I am going to bring in a surprise guest, not really surprise guest, but Sue didn't know she was doing this, but I'm going to bring her in because Sue works with a lot of our buyers. Good afternoon, Sue. Well, good afternoon and surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. So I'm going to throw you the curveball is because we're talking about this pre-approval process. Oftentimes you're out in the field with a buyer um, from a from a, um, a from a seriousness basis. When you are working with a buyer in the field, at what point do you recommend they get not just the pre-qualification, but the pre-approval and why? Um, usually from the very get go, because then they don't get, they know exactly what they're looking for, what they can, you know, what they're comfortable with basically to buy, to spend on a monthly mortgage payment. And they don't get surprised and also depressed if they find the house that they love and they actually can't really afford to buy it. Yeah. And but from a seller standpoint, check. say that again. It's a reality check for everyone, really. Uh, check. Yeah. Nothing's worse than going out, getting attached to a home, only to find out that it's just out of your reach. A lot of times uh, at that point, buyers just check out. Yeah, I was going to mention from a seller's perspective, you know, um, we're we're not in a market that is hyper competitive. But if it's a good agent who, who understands the selling process, they're going to make sure that that pre-approval letter is solid. They're going to call your lender and just make sure that lender is somebody um, that they can rely on. Um, Tucker, you probably take calls from listing agents all the time, right? Now, there's there's confidentiality, so you don't ever have to disclose anything like that. But what are you doing when you talk to a, um, a seller's... So, the buyer wrote an offer on a property, sent over a pre-approval letter. The seller's agent calls you. Typically, what are you doing? What's the conversation like? Yeah. So first, we're validating that that underwriting actually occurred. So we're validating the fact that we've taken an application. We have supporting documents in place. And we've we've gone through the process of issuing a pre-approval. We didn't just do a pre-qualification and send them on their way. Um, and so that's what it is. You, you nailed it by you know talking about the... Uh, sensitivity of the information. We're not sharing credit scores or where they work or their exact debt to income ratio or these factors, but we're just trying to make sure that the listing agent knows that we're involved. They have somebody locally that's responsible for getting this loan to the finish line. So should there be issues that come up during the transaction, they know who to call. And ultimately, so that they can relay that information to their seller and make sure that they know their proceeds are in somebody's hands, right? That they're going to get paid on that date of closing. Yeah. So Sue, as a buyer's agent, like working with a buyer, why is an, uh, a lender like Tucker who has those conversations, why is that important? Well, it's it just makes their um, offer a lot more 
has a lot more strength and foundation to it. And also just that you said a local lender is so very important because a lot of times people get pre-approved with all the online mortgage calculators and whatever, you know, we can name the names, but their loan gets passed around from one person to another. They're not in the state. They're usually not in the same time zone. It gets really difficult, convoluted, and could be costly if the closing doesn't happen on time for the buyers. Right. So Tucker, I'll give you the final word, but you're in charge of this pre-approval process. Any final thoughts? No, I think ultimately it's just the first step. So before you get in the car and go and tour homes, we want to make sure you're looking at the right home. So it's not that we're necessarily checking everything, making sure things are right and, you know, running you up against the, the rule book. But we don't want you and your family to go and fall in love with a home only to find out you don't qualify for the home. So it just sets the stage for looking at the right homes that yield the right monthly payments. We're only using the cash that you expected to use to buy the home. So we're not liquidating when it doesn't make sense to liquidate funds. And so it really just starts the process off on, on the right foot. Awesome. Well, hey, I guys, I appreciate bringing you in on the crosstalk for the Real Talk segment. I think it just makes it a lot more interesting rather than me just explaining exactly uh, what, you know, what the pre-approval process is. So real world examples, what it means for a buyer, what it means for a seller. Awesome conversation. I appreciate that. Now, after the short commercial break, we're going to bring Tucker back on. Um, and we are talking about increased buyer's demand and what we can expect from the Fed uh, meeting next week. Come back after this short break. Are you tired of not knowing where your money is going? Do you feel like you start getting ahead on your finances, then get hit by an unexpected expense and feel behind? Doug Peterson with Get Priority Straight helps guide you to getting your money to do what you want it to do instead of wondering where it went. Doug has helped ambitious, busy, successful people be delighted by handling their money wisely. To have a conversation with Doug, call 206-264-4424 or email meeting at letsgps.com or info at getpriorityStraight.com. Welcome back to the show. We have with us still Mr. Tucker Maxwell. We're going to go over some buy, uh, topic regarding buyer demand increasing. That's actually great news. Um, but I did want to point out that if you wanted to follow Tucker's Instagram account, you're going to see a lot of really cute puppy dogs, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know, Dan. I don't have dogs. <laughs> you don't have dogs. Oh, shoot. No. Well, his Instagram account is it's a Tucker Max. So if you want to follow Tucker on his Instagram account, you can do that. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, what's going on in the market. Are you seeing an increase in purchase applications? Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we track that data uh, pretty closely. And so looking back to January of last year, when rates were, were much lower than they are today, we're at about a 25 to 30 percent increase in purchase applications today in January of 2023 than we were last year. So that's pretty phenomenal given the interest rate environment. Yeah, for sure. So what's driving this uh, increased buyer interest? It's been the positive news. Uh, you know, the media is out there saying that rates are, are have dropped or are, are on their way down. Um, a lot of different media outlets have marketed the fact that rates are at the lowest level since September of last year. And so just that quick, you know, drop in rates has driven buyers to think, is the crazy multiple offer situations coming back and maybe I should hurry. 
Yeah, that's great. And I think too, um, there's just a there's just a sentiment of of actually buyers having an opportunity that they haven't had in a long time. Um, next week, the Fed has another meeting. Uh, what do you expect to happen? Yeah. So uh, again, expectation is that they're going to increase the overnight funds rate by a quarter of a percent. So 0.25%, which is the rate at which banks borrow from one another at. So that's not mortgage rates. Um, but we do anticipate that they're going to increase rates again, which uh, for a lot of people, they will then in turn expect rates on the mortgage side to go up. But that that actually won't be the case. Um, we've priced in these increases. We know they're coming. And so we've already priced that in. So if it is just the quarter of a percent that we're expecting, we may see rates actually come down. Well, that's interesting. Uh, what if it's a half percent? Yep. So that'll be more than anticipated. So this is all based on the CPI and the producer price index, right? Where's inflation going and how aggressive does the Fed need to be? If they feel that inflation really isn't trending as quickly as they have thought and they do a half a percent, we could see mortgage rates actually go up if that occurred. Okay. Because by raising more than they suspected, it's signaling that inflation may still be on the rise, but everything seems to point that it's flattening out and easing as well, as far as everything that I've seen. Um, so what are you seeing on the listing side? Yeah. So Dan, I would, I would actually reverse that question on you. Um, you know, are you seeing sellers come to come to the market? What well, we're, we're trying to get a feel for. And, and I think that's a great conversation is, you know, should buyers have some urgency or, you know, what is happening on the listing side? Should we expect more inventory or, you know, where are we at on an inventory basis? Yeah. It, that sorry, I thank you for uh, throwing it back at me. What I would say is this: is that um, we definitely saw the results of a pent up um, energy that, excuse me, that existed in November and December. Meaning, buyers just weren't doing it. Rates were too high, and I got family in town. Right, they're just yep. gonna do it. But you are now seeing uh, homes that have been on the market come off the market and people that are uh, now interested. We just signed a listing out in Sammamish. Um, we've got an increased amount of traffic on that, uh, on another listing that we have um, in the area. And I think I think that some buyers are going to go, wait, what just happened? And I do mean that from a standpoint of um, we are still below two months of inventory. By definition, Finish is a seller's market. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it because of consumer sentiment and because of interest rates. But if you see a good house that checks all your boxes, um, don't mess around. Okay. Go after it. See if you can get some concessions. But typically, if it's in the first week of uh, being on the market, uh, you may not get a lot of concessions because selling agents and sellers are much more realistic now than they have been over the last seven months. And uh, right. as far as the second question, will we see an increase in inventory that spring? I'm guessing that's for me, but um, here's what I see. When we get above three and a half months of inventory, I will say we're at a balanced market. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't see that happening overnight. It sure. really would, rates would have to go back up to seven for that to be the case. And if they do, it would definitely slow some things down. So that's kind of where I see it. Yep. So no, it's great, great information because I would say for, for buyers, there's, there's some urgency here because as rates tick down, this inventory issue could be greater than it is now. We go back to less than 1%. There's going to be multiple offers, listings going above list price, and these 
concessions will disappear quickly. Awesome. Well, Tucker, how do people get a hold of you so that they can be prepared for the market of the moment? Yeah, the best way is to use the the number on the screen, or you can find me at guildmortgage.com slash Tucker Maxwell. Or you can uh, follow him on Instagram. Yep. I'll find some puppy photos to put up there. I was going to say, okay, so what am I going to see if I follow you? Uh, I'm into outdoors. So you might see some uh, snowboarding, mountain biking, also uh, big into rafting, as you've probably seen in the background on a couple podcasts, um, but That's mostly right. outdoor photos. Okay. Outdoor photos. They're enjoying the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming back. I'm sure we'll see you next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Dan. All right. We'll come back. The same old conversations at networking events that never lead to new clients. BNI is changing the way the world does business by connecting you to strategic relationships that can help you grow your business. BNI is the world's largest networking organization, helping hundreds of thousands of members around the world each year increase revenue through relationship marketing. For information about visiting a BNI chapter near you, go to the BNI Northwest website at BNINW.com. Welcome back to uh, Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. I am Dan Edwards, managing broker of the Eastside Real Estate team. Oh, uh, Tucker, hey, bye. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to take you out. <laughs> that was rude. Anyways, um, welcoming in Sue Mayorado. Sue Mayorado and myself are both um, here to talk today about a new home selling program that is sweeping the nation. Uh, before, um, before we talk about it, I'm going to do a short little ad about it okay so hang on we're gonna watch this short 72 sold a better way to sell your home who are we we're an international company that does billions in sales and was recently recognized as the leading home selling program in america our program has been featured on abc nbc cbs news and in forbes and we're the only real estate organization in America chosen to partner with the National Football League and Major League Baseball teams. On TV, advertisement, billboards, it's everywhere. You can't miss it. What do we do? We offer you an alternative to the traditional home sale process. You want convenience. It was all very simple. I would say it was awesome. My head is spinning, it was so easy. Oh, convenient. I can't think of a better word. Yeah, absolutely. You want a higher price. The confidence that you walked away with thousands more than if you sold your home the traditional way. $20,000 over. $35,000 more than we ever dreamed possible. As they say, it ended up being thousands more. A two and a half year independent study of over 200,000 home sales in our largest market showed that sellers who used our program had an average median sales price 12% above the local MLS. 12% more for you. Why wouldn't you do this? Why doesn't everybody do this? Traditional real estate transactions, why? Why do we have them? That's our goal. That's our mission. That's what we do. All right. So that's one of our spots uh, that we have for the uh, 72 sold. Um, First, just to give us a brief overview, let me talk about the traditional sale and then we'll talk about what's maybe not everything that's different about 72 sold because we want to set up a time to meet with anybody that's interested but let me just say from the get-go a traditional sale basically is you you know and our team does never does anything traditional but basically you put a sign in the yard you wait for offers to come in and then you pray that you get the deal done that's what most agents do out there now the east side real estate team already has uh, a, a comprehensive concierge plan um 
but when you stack the 72 sold process on top of that, it's like taking, um, oh gosh, I don't know, nitroglycerin and adding it to a, a fire. I don't, I don't, I, I'm going to have to come up with a, I'm going to think about an analogy. So Sue, share a little bit about your training and what, what uh, 72 sold and how it's different. Well, it's definitely different than the traditional way. Um, I can't give all the secrets away, but we have a 10 step program um, to get buyers more engaged, to get higher offers. The buyers are more excited. We have more inquiries. And um, over three years, they've done studies in the, the MLS listing um, companies throughout the United States that they have gotten that 72 sold program has helped the sellers get eight to 12% higher prices for their listings than the traditional listings. So that's pretty exciting right there. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, uh, um, Sue and I have, have uh, taken several listing appointments and we've been talking to sellers. How are they receiving this new way of doing uh, the program, uh, selling a house? Um, I think there's a lot of curiosity still since it's very new here. It's been as it was established in Arizona. That's where the company started. And so they've been doing this for four years there. So it's new to our area. So it's still a lot of curiosity, but people seem very engaged and it's pretty logical and it makes a lot of sense. So yeah. and it also is uh, pretty quick to get people's homes sold within eight days, 72 hours. And you can take out all of the people coming in and out of, out of your house for 30, 60, 90 days. Yeah. One of the features is uh, a guarantee to get it sold in 72 hours. I would say this. Um, anytime a home sits on the market days on days on days, um, there's a general feeling, even in a shifted market, uh, that there's something wrong with that house. Why has it not sold? Um, not only that, the discomfort that the home seller feels having to have their house in show ready shape for weeks, you know, wondering uh, what's wrong with their house. Why don't people like it? Um, I would say that that to a to a T, every person that I've talked to said that every seller that we presented this process to has said um, that makes a lot of sense. You know, so and, and really, it does center, too, around the, the listing agent um, doing a lot of work and, and earning the commission. Wouldn't you agree? I would completely agree. It's a lot more involved than just getting it up on the MLS, posting the photos and putting the sign in the ground. Because we don't yeah. want just to have, uh, you know, is the buyer's agent really the best one to sell that house? Maybe no, not no the buyer's agent represents the buyer. That's a great point. Um, and it's their job to help their buyer um, in their situation. Um, so they're, they don't have a dog in the hunt. They're going to sell them a house, whether it's yours, you know, or, or someone else's. So yeah, right. you're right. Um, uh, a point of point of fact is, uh, my mother-in-law lives in Arizona and I was there two years ago and I saw 72 sold signs all over the place. Um, I saw, uh, a, uh, billboard off the freeway and, um, one of my, one of my mother-in-law's neighbor's house had a 72 sold. And I was like, what is that? So we saw the saturation in the market. And the reason for that is because it works. It sure does work. And I'm, I'm really excited. Well, I just recently have uh, been certified as a regional director for 72 sold in our area. So um, a lot of people are, are sending in inquiries and getting out there, talking to a lot of people about this program. And also I have 
I'm happy to come by and bring you this brochure that will go over the whole program. And if anybody's interested, we can give you a valuation on your home. Yep. Um, how do, let's see, let's see. I was going to say, how do people get a hold of you, Sue? Well, my phone number is one of the numbers. Pardon me? I see the phone number is going by at the bottom. It is. <laughs> like, oh, it's right there. <laughs> so so you, can, you can call Sue at 425-276-7002. You can also go to our website, uh, Seattle 72. I think it's... Uh, yeah, seattle72sold.com. Cool. Any last thoughts? Uh, I think it's definitely worth um, listening to how the program works. So just it's a quick 15-minute walkthrough. We'll come through your house and see if everything works out for our program, and we'll give you the information and then let you decide if that sounds like it's a good fit for you. Awesome. Great. Well, well um, as we finish up here, I wanted to uh, mention that today is a, uh, a room of one's own day. That's the national holiday for today. It's a room of one's own. And that means if uh, you're looking to buy a house, we could help you get a room of your own. I, I think that's all it says is a room of one's own day. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can see what this means because I, I don't quite understand. <laughs> A room of one's own day is a momentous occasion that falls January 25th each year. We're going to help you celebrate. Did you know that the book by Virginia Woolf, which was the inspiration behind this holiday, is more than 93 days old, 93 years. A room of, one old, a room of one's own day celebrates the privacy of having one's own room and it's symbolic of independence. It also reminds us that it is the privilege, privilege who has and that we can appreciate and look after uh, what we have. Okay, so there you go. Do you have your own room, Sue? I have many rooms. <laughs> I have to think. I have many rooms. I have to think that perhaps a hundred years ago, if you were if you were like crossing the United States, right, you had to sleep in the same room as everybody else. So it's probably nice to have a room of your own. That was something to reflect on. So happy room of your own day, everyone. And thanks for watching Seattle's East Side Real Estate Team podcast. I'm Dan Edwards. This is Otto with the East Side Real Estate Team. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week.